All right, welcome into the Fantasy Football Fire podcast. It's our very first episode. We sent out a few polls to see what you guys wanted us to do for our first episode. And the final result, which I was very happy about, is Destination Le'Veon. So we're going to be talking about Le'Veon Bell, the places he could end up, where we want him to go, where we think he's going to go, and what places are going to be best for him. So let me ask you, what do you think the top five most likely teams are for Le'Veon Bell to end up? And then I'll give you my top five. I think Jets, Raiders, Colts, Ravens, and Texans are probably the, the most likely. All right, and then I'm going with the Raiders, the Jets, the Texans, the Colts, and then right in front of the Ravens, I have the Bucks. But before we get into the specifics on the teams that we think he's most likely to end up and some teams we want him to end up on, let's talk about some teams that we kind of just want to get out the way that some people might have been thinking about. What team you want to start with? Um, I'd like to, the most exciting for me, I think, are the Eagles and the 49ers. All right. Well, I know the Eagles are in negative cap space right now. And I was looking at their roster and there's not much in the ways of who they can cut to make enough money for Le'Veon. And I think that they're pretty happy with Josh Adams right now and they have holes in other places. So that's why I would think that the Eagles really have no shot at Le'Veon at this point. Okay. And that's why we said it'd be fun. But I'd like to see Le'Veon Bell as an Eagle. I think that'd be good for the Eagles, and that'd be good for all Le'Veon Bell owners. <laughs> yeah, that that would definitely be a good good matchup. And then you said 49ers, right? Yeah. So that's actually an interesting one. I didn't put them in my top five, but they could be. So I was looking at McKinnon's contract, and he has $3 million this coming year guaranteed. So that's what the dead cap would be if they cut him. They'd lose $3 million. But their cap space is around the $60 million mark, so that's not really a big deal for them. So if they want to go in for Le'Veon, they can. But I, th- I feel like they'll try and spend that money other places. Um, I feel like they're still confident with McKinnon because they never even really got a chance to see him. Um, and Breda's been, been pretty good too. And as a, as a second running back, I think that that would be good. But yeah, if they brought in Le'Veon, I definitely think that he would do great there. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's running backs are always, always good. All right. Well, I think if I was John Lynch, I'd be a little bit nervous about bringing a quarterback back from injury and a running back back from injury and relying on both of them. So for me, if it was only a three million cap space difference, I would cut McKinnon, I'd bring Bell in, and I'd ease Garoppolo back in. What better way to help him, you know, get back on track? and have a guy like Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. That's true. So then, let's say, real quick, Le'Veon Bell goes to the 49ers. You think top 10 lock, right? Running back, easy? Uh, absolutely. Okay, so we both agree on that. And um, we we know he'll get the receptions there. They like to target the running back. He'll get the carries. We both think it's a good spot for him. But uh, I still don't think it would be in my top five. Um, do you, if they cut McKinnon, would, would that team the 49ers be in the top five for you or no the 49ers offense as a whole haven't given me enough clarity on what they're gonna do but from what I've seen they're they're just not they don't score enough points for him to be a top five okay um 
Yeah, I I do think their offense would be would be uh pretty good with Garoppolo back. But let's move on to some other teams that people might have been thinking about. The Jaguars, we got the alert that they may ha- be thinking about cutting Leonard Fournette. Tom Coughlin said when he saw Fournette and TJ Yeldon on the sideline during a losing game, laughing it up. You know, he didn't like that. He doesn't like the attitude. Um, they might be trying to cleanse the locker room, but also Leonard Fournette has been getting hurt a lot. It doesn't look like that's going to change. And they can get out of his contract right now. But despite all that, I'm not worried about the Jags acquiring Le'Veon in any way because right now they're in negative cap space. So was there anything you wanted to say about them? No. I mean, like you said, with any team that's negative, unless they plan on moving somebody that's, you know, usually a big factor for that team, then, yeah, I don't see them landing there. All right, and then was there any other teams that you wanted to to throw out there? Yeah, I wouldn't mind throwing out the Seahawks and the Dolphins and see what you think about either of those teams. So let's start with the Seahawks. You know, I like the Seahawks. Um you know, not my favorite team. We're, we're Bucks fans at heart. But uh, with the Seahawks, I definitely think that they are happy with their running back situation. They drafted Rashad Penny in the first round, and they have Chris Carson, and even Mike Davis does good when he's in. It seems like, you know, the Seahawks are just one of those teams that they hand the ball off, they grind the ball, and they do it well. You know, no matter who the running back is. So I think Le'Veon Bell would do good if he was there, but I don't think that they would bring Le'Veon in. When was the Seahawks' last time that you would say they were Super Bowl contending teams? Who was the running back on their team? Marshawn Lynch. Okay, so that's where I'm going with it. Marshawn Lynch was a big factor in that team. You bring a guy that you don't have to have this revolving door. You don't have to have a three-headed monster. You got a guy that can do everything. They were, once they had Penny and he was healthy, you never knew if they were going to use him. They haven't instilled any confidence in any one of their running backs. You know, every one of them is just is a project, in my opinion. You bring in a guy like Le'Veon Bell, and, you know, I think they'd be just as exciting as seeing them on the Eagles. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still think that if they draft that running back in the first round, I feel like it, it would just be hard for them. To, to spend so much money on, on Le'Veon. The Seahawks have, have have always looked to who the best player on the field is. Money contract doesn't really seem to be an issue for them. All right, what, what, what about his attitude? Do you think that has anything to play in their decision-making? I, I think that's actually the one thing that would keep him from being able to be a Seahawk. Because, uh, yeah, they kind of clean that, that locker room up of the me, me, me attitude. And Le'Veon Bell is all about Le'Veon Bell. All right, and then the Dolphins. Um, That's an interesting one. I mean, all of their running backs right now, outside of Frank Gore, are on rookie contracts. Um, And the Dolphins have, I guess you could say they have a chance to get Le'Veon, but their cap space is super low. They only have $18 in cap space. I mean, they could obviously, if they wanted to go after him, they could cut some guys and make room for him. But I I don't really see him being a Dolphin. And I really would hate if he was a Dolphin. Because, I mean, us fantasy owners, I think we all know that whatever running back starts as a Dolphin does not finish the year 
as the starting running back for the Dolphins. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell would start the whole year, but just the inconsistency at the running back position with the Dolphins, and it's it's honestly ridiculous. I mean, if I was the head coach, Kenyon Drake would get the ball way more. I mean, he's clearly the most talented on their team, and they just it seems like they don't know what they're doing on offense. And now Adam Gase is gone, so we don't really know where that team is going. Okay, and lastly, really quickly, none of us want to see him as a Buffalo Bill, but what do you think the odds that they get rid of McCoy and they bring in Le'Veon? So I know you and me disagree on this a little bit, but I think that they're just going to stick with McCoy. They had the chance to trade McCoy this uh, during the season before the trade deadline, and I mean, obviously they weren't going anywhere, so it's not like they were trying to win this season. The fact that they didn't trade McCoy for really next to nothing. I mean, I would have if I was their GM. So the fact that they kept him around makes me think that the statement of them saying they want him for next year is true, and I don't think they would bring Le'Veon in because of that. Um, And also their O-line, like you said, we don't want to see him there. I mean, their O-line is one of the worst in the league. I think more than likely he won't be a Bill next year, and uh, there's that small percentage that he's not on any team next year. Talking about McCoy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right, so now let's move to the team that both of us agree, clear-cut, 100%. Not most likely, but would be the best situation for Le'Veon Bell to enter that is still realistic. So that team is the Indianapolis Colts. So I'll let you start off with them. I think if uh, Bell ends up as a Colt, He'll go back to being his 2016-2017 self, and it'll be a top three running back going forward. Yeah, the thing I like most about the Colts, there's actually a lot of reasons. First off, real quick side note about the Colts. Um, after I did my cap space breakdown, I noticed the Colts have a huge advantage. They don't have anybody important they need to re-sign. And they have $123 million in cap space, by far the most. And I think that they're building a dynasty. I think with luck, their new O-line, which is very young and was third best in the league, they're going to be the new Patriots very soon. I think we could see them for the next four or five years going deep in the playoffs every time. Adding Bell would definitely make that way more plausible, but even without him, I think they can bring in a lot of free agents and you know they're they're going to be going far for a while. But yeah, so the Colts out of most of the teams that are pretty realistic, they lead in a lot of categories for the running back. Um they had the most yards per carry average for running backs between all three of their running backs. They averaged almost 4.6 yards a carry. They had 1,500 rushing yards to their running backs, 12 rushing touchdowns, almost 100 receptions, and a few more touchdowns in that category. And obviously, we already know they're an explosive offense. They averaged 27 points per game. The scoring opportunities would be there for Le'Veon. I dare say he may even get more touchdowns with the Colts than he was with the Steelers. For sure. Yeah, looking at like maybe 12 to 14 on a bad year, maybe 10. Um and he's going to get the receptions. You know, it's probably going to be a very stable offense. I, I honestly just love him as a Colt. I don't see any way it could go bad except for one. And that would be if they sign him to a contract, they 
are going to give him a long contract. That's what he's looking for, probably four years with a fifth-year option. Would they, and I want your opinion on this, would they give him the ball as the clear back on that team with pretty much nothing but a, a bit of a sprinkle to maybe Marlon Mack? Or do you think that there it'd be more of like a 60-40 to try and keep Le'Veon healthy for that whole four-year contract? That's why I think that they won't be the front runner to actually acquire his services. You know, with three guys, Naheem Himes, Marlon Mack, and Jordan Wilkins on rookie contracts actually getting the job done, that might be the one reason that Bell isn't such an attractive player for them. Yeah. Um, so let's say he does go there, though, because we would both love that. Like I said earlier, it's our number one place for him to go production-wise. So let's say they do do 70-30 or maybe a 65-35 split with Marlon Mack being the other back that they go to. Would you still be very confident in him as a high-end RB1? Because I would. Well, I, I feel that if he's going to end up there, he's going to be a top three back. I don't know what they're going to do with the other situations. They may have to move somebody, get a third or fourth rounder. These guys have all been productive. They'd make good compliments to any other running back on any other team. But if he ends up there, I think he ends up with 290 carries, almost 1,300 rushing yards with nine touchdowns, probably like 60 receptions. Uh, on a low end, I've got 420 receiving yards and two touchdowns. So that put him over 17, about 1,700 total yards, 11 touchdowns with 60 receptions, and that's a top three back. Nice, nice. All right, so I think we've covered the Colts pretty good. Um, we love that spot for him. So let's move to another team that is, I think, very interesting because it has a young quarterback and a young receiver. And although their O-line isn't that good, they have a explosive offense, and that team is the Texans. So what are your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell with the Texans? Um, normally with uh, running quarterbacks, I try to get my running back somebody far, far away from them. But Deshaun Watson's very interesting because he's not just a quarterback that can run. He can do a lot with his arm as well. Um, I think that's going to keep defenses honest. And I think that's going to give Bell a lot of opportunity all over the field. Yeah, and if you just first glance look at the Texans, you might not think that it's the best place for a running back given that their O-line was not that great, 23rd in the league. And... Their running backs only average four per carry, but that's their running backs altogether. Lamar Miller, who for some reason just had a breakout season in terms of efficiency this year, was averaging 4.6. And I think we all agree, the listeners as well, that Le'Veon Bell's a better running back than Lamar Miller. Absolutely. And I'm sure they're going to upgrade their O-line. And given that Will Fuller will be back, that's also going to add another dimension to their offense. I don't think they're going to keep Demarius, but honestly, that doesn't matter. I think their offense will end up being top 10 in the league. Le'Veon will have some good scoring opportunities. And I like what you said about keeping the defense honest. They're not going to be able to focus in on Le'Veon Bell. And I think that's going to lead to a good yards per carry for him, regardless of the O-line situation, because they have to worry about letting Deshaun Watson run. And unlike what you and me noticed a lot with the Cowboys and Seahawks, they actually do have Deshaun Watson run the ball. They don't just fake it like they do for Russell Wilson and D Dak Prescott. So, um, yeah, we both agree that he, he'll be pretty good on the Texans. 
if you had to give him a range for the Texans, what what range of RB1 do you think he would be at? Uh, six. Six? Okay, yeah, I was thinking between six and eight, too. And um, obviously he has the potential for more. So let's move to the Raiders. Um, they did target their running backs a lot. Jalen Richard had 60 to 70 receptions. Their running back core as a, a whole had 102 receptions. So that's good for Le'Veon. But the worry with the Raiders is their O-line is not great and it's only getting worse. Their O-line is pretty old. And they didn't score many points per game, less than 20 last year. So how do you feel about the Raiders? Well, I'm a big fan of silver and black, but I would have to say of all the places that he could go, this is, to me, probably the worst. I mean, you're talking 300 total yard difference, four or five touchdown difference versus some of the more attractive landing spots for him. Um, I don't think Jalen Richard goes anywhere. I think he is the better pass catcher and route runner. So when they want to throw the ball, Jalen Richard's going to be their first option, which is just one more reason that if Bell ends up as a Raider, um, I don't know if he's even the top 12. Yeah, I I agree with what you're saying with the Raiders in terms of you know the, the low uh, upside for yards and touchdowns. I do think if he goes there, though... I, I don't believe that Richard will have as much of an impact, but I do think it will take away from his receptions. But I wouldn't see Richard being a third down, like the third down back. I just see him coming in as a, like a breather. But that still hurts Le'Veon because what we're used to, Le'Veon's on the field for every single snap. Um, but yeah, the Raiders, really, it's not a great destination for him. He'll still be a back-end RB1 or high-end RB2. But let's move to the Jets. They're an up-and-coming team in terms of what they can do with cap space. They got a new quarterback. Their O-line's not that great, but you know there's always room for improvement when you have high draft picks and cap space like that. So what do you think about the Jets? And I will let you know that Bilo Powell is going to be gone. I doubt they re-sign him because they still have McGuire and Crowell under contract. Okay, I do want to real quick revisit the Raiders real quick, and I just want to say one last thing. They don't have any wide receiving core that is a threat to anybody. You got safeties in the box. Nobody has stretched the field. That's just a bad situation. All right, so moving on to the Jets. As unattractive as the Jets have always been to me as an offense, um, I have to say they're trending in the right direction right now. And when I run the numbers, interestingly enough, I think Bell, as a Jet, still ends up a top RB1, maybe between five and seven, just based on his workload. Yeah, the Jets actually, surprisingly, despite their low running back reception total, they actually had a lot of targets towards the running back, 102 targets. And, I mean, I see Le'Veon Bell as a high catch rate player, so I would still put him in the 60 to 75, maybe possibly 80 reception category we still need to see what quarterback or what coach is going to come in and instill for their offense and that will definitely have an impact but either way I think as a Jet he's still pretty solid RB1 um did you have anything else you wanted to say on the Jets or do you think yeah, we should I, I'm on? just going to agree with you on what you were saying right there about you know that's actually what makes him attractive is that he'll be getting receptions there you know while the quality of carries with the Colts, I think he'll get more yards per carry 
over here, I think he's going to get more receptions, and that's going to bring him right back into the mix, like I said, top five. So what I think is his total would be, had he played this year with the numbers that I think he would have as a Jet, he'd be looking at about 1,700 total yards and eight touchdowns. He'd have been 5th in yards, 12th in touchdowns, 7th in receptions, and ninth in reception yards. And that's with the Jets' offense. Nice, nice. Um, so the next two teams are the ones that we defer on. I put the Bucks in my top five with the Ravens at six, and you have the Ravens at five. So I, I would like to start with the Ravens. So I'll let you start it out since you have them higher. So I know that a lot of people have been saying, you know, it'd be real nice to see Lamar Jackson, Le'Veon Bell in the backfield together. You got a dual threat quarterback, but wait, he's not a dual threat quarterback. You have to be able to throw the ball efficiently to be considered a dual threat quarterback. So while they have a lot of the carries to give out, he could be getting a lot of bulk. I, I just don't see how he's not going to be facing eight in the box every time. So then what was it that made you put them in your top five? Oh, just that they could, that they want him. Not that it's going to be the best situation. I mean, I don't always agree with coaches decide, but I think they need a bell cow running back. And then they, you know, they don't have to have this revolving door of guys. You got what, four or five running backs on their roster. They're still picking up guys, dropping guys all through the year. You get a guy like Le'Veon that, makes that part of it better and they can focus on other things all right so what i think about the ravens is i agree with you that that would be nice i, I wouldn't be surprised if they want to stop that revolving door but the two notes that i want to make one is they are low on cap space they have their linebacker cj mosley and their receiver john brown that they should re-sign and that would give them about 15 million dollars in cap space which is in my opinion, not enough to get Le'Veon, but they have been talking about either cutting Flacco if they can't trade him or trying to trade him. The thing about Flacco is his cap hit on the team if he stays is $25 million. If they cut him, he has $15 million in dead cap. So by cutting him, they only save $10 million. But if they're able to trade him, depending on what they work out with the other team, how much the other team is willing to pay, they could possibly get out of all of the money for Flacco but either way they're working with low cap space so I think if they do bring him in despite that and if they figure it out I think that he's going to get a lot of work um, the Ravens once Lamar Jackson took over not counting Lamar Jackson's carries were number one in rushing yards to the running back position they just love to grind out the ball and they have a very good O-line. They were top 10 at number 10. And I think that Lamar Jackson, because the fact that he gives a running threat, would make them second guess every run, basically. Um, I noticed that a lot this year, even when the running backs were not as talented as Bell. So I think that it would provide a good yards per carry for him, probably around the 4.5 range. And he could also get a lot of checkdowns from Lamar Jackson, because, like you said, Lamar Jackson might not be the most accurate thrower. And he might decide to give the ball to a great playmaker right, you know, five yards, ten yards in front of him. Did he do that a lot this year? Um, I don't think he did. Willie can Sneed, he do that? I think he can. I mean, Willie Sneed was, in my opinion, his number one. 
He seemed to go to Willie Sneed a lot. There was one game when Willie Sneed did nothing, but as a passing game, that whole game, they really did nothing. Um, but yeah, I think Le'Veon Bell would really pull in any quarterback's res- targets, and so I think that's what would happen there. But yeah, so that's the Ravens. Uh, let's move on to the Bucks. A lot of people say that the Bucks would be a good spot. I'm not really entirely sure how realistic it is, though. Because right now we're working with low cap space, and I do say we because we are homers, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers all the way. Um, but anyways, we have low cap space to work with, and we have to re-sign Quan Alexander and Adam Humphreys. Mm. We can cut D- Deshaun Jackson, Djax, otherwise known, and Vinnie Curry, Gerald McCoy possibly, with what I think we're going to do in terms of who we cut and who we re-sign, I put us around 30 to $35 million in cap. And I don't think that we're going to want to use that cap on Le'Veon Bell for two reasons. One, running back is pretty replaceable. And two, because Le'Veon Bell brings an attitude that I'm not sure we're trying to deal with right now. Bruce Arians doesn't want to deal with any bad attitudes or any bad locker room vibes and I think that Le'Veon Bell brings the possibility of that and I don't think that we're going to get him but it's worth the conversation if we do get him I think he'll do decently well but we better upgrade our O-line do you have anything you want to say about the Bucks? yeah I mean I'll go ahead and say that Le'Veon Bell's biggest issue is not getting paid so a good conversation a fat paycheck I think he's not really a problem for anybody, not a locker room cancer, none of that. Um, Aside from that, he makes any team he's with better. Um, You know, we hear that Bruce Arians doesn't really use the tight ends real well. Um, I really hope that's not true, considering what kind of talent we have at tight end. But if that's the case, then Le'Veon Bell is going to get more receptions, is going to be used a lot more. I think Bell would make Winston better. Um, I'll say if he was to be a Buccaneer, I'd get his jersey right now. I'd get two of them. Yeah, well, he is a a high-standing keeper for you you for the past five years, so I definitely see you getting that jersey. Um, But the one thing with Le'Veon being a Buck, I do think he would have massive touchdown potential. I mean, our offense is always, always going down the field, especially if our defense doesn't get cleaned up. Hopefully it does. Todd Bowles came in, and hopefully that helps out. But, yeah, the touchdown potential will be there. The one thing I'm worried about, though, is if we get Le'Veon, I'm not sure how many carries he would get. Despite the fact that Peyton Barber got a lot of carries this year, he was actually top 10 in the league. Bruce Arians came in, and he said he is building the offense around Jameis Winston, and whether we succeed or not is going to be all on Winston. He said Winston is going to be making calls at the line. He's going to put it on his arm. He knows he has the talent, and he's just going to try and clean up the turnovers. If Le'Veon Bell finds himself not getting the carries that he's used to, I'm not sure if he'll be in that like top five conversation, but with the touchdown potential and the fact that he's Le'Veon Bell, I think with the Bucks he's still a top 10 back. Do you agree with that? Absolutely, and I do think that if and it, you know with a guy like him, when you get less carries, more than likely you're going to see more receptions. So I think they kind of balance each other out a little bit. All right, so that's our top five. 
My top five for most likely for Le'Veon to land was the Raiders, the Jets, the Texans, the Buccaneers, and the Colts. And what was your top five? The Jets, the Raiders, the Colts, the Ravens, and the Texans. All right, so there you have it. Is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I want to just really quick ask you a quick question. So based on if he goes to where we think is the best place, the Colts, and where we, of the places we talked about, Raiders are the worst destination, right? Um, where would you, in a redraft, pick Le'Veon Bell if he's a Colt, and where would you pick him if he's a Raider? That's a really good question. Um, let's see. If he is a Colt, I think my, you know, it's still early, obviously. There's a lot of things that can change. But my running back rankings with him as a Colt would go like this. Todd Gurley would be at one, Saquon Barkley would be at two, and then if Mark Ingram leaves, I'd have Kamara at three, then McCaffrey at four, Zeke at five, and then this is where I would probably take Le'Veon right in front of Melvin Gordon as a Colt. But as a Raider, then I would probably bump him back to the back end RB1 range, and I'd find myself taking Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Joe Mixon in front of him, and... That's probably where I would take him. I may take Nick Chubb in front of him. I'll have to, you know, do my stats and and rankings and stuff if he goes to the Raiders to see for sure. But I definitely think there's like a five running back difference depending on where he goes. All right, cool. I think if he's a Colt, he'd be top three overall pick. And I think if he's a Raider, he's a top 13 to 16 pick. Yeah, that that sounds pretty accurate to me too. And all right, so that's Destination Le'Veon. Quick summary. We think that the best team for Le'Veon is the Colts. And the most likely teams would be the Jets and the Raiders. And uh, so that's it for our first episode. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor. This is Fantasy Football Fire. You can visit our website at fanfootballfire.weebly.com. Peace out.